This is Mark Lemley from Stanford Law School, and you're listening to IP Fridays. Hello, and welcome to this episode of IP Fridays. Our names are Ken Suzanne and Rolf Clayson, and this is the podcast dedicated to intellectual property. It does not matter where you are from, in-house or private practice, novice or expert. We will help you stay up to date with current topics in the fields of trademarks, patents, design and copyright, discover useful tools, and much more. Welcome to episode 61 of IP Fridays. Today we interview Susanna Rolston, partner with Golink WLG in Canada, talking about the reform of trademark law in Canada. Then I will talk about a strategy to get tailor-made claims in patent litigation in Germany. And before we jump into all of this, I will talk about updates with patent scope of WIPO. The World Intellectual Property Organization, WIPO, is maintaining a patent database patent scope where you can search for patents all over the world. And the good thing about this database is that they cover full text of um, patents in many countries. They just announced that they added UK patents, the full text of UK patents to the database. So now you can search not only UK patents in full text, but also, of course, PCT applications, German patents and patent applications, European patents and patent applications, and uh, patents from Israel and from many other countries. If you want to find out more about this database, you can head over to www.wipo.int. Wouldn't it be great to have an individually tailored scope of patent claims for each single patent enforcement against competitors? In Germany, this is not impossible, and this is how it's done. This strategy only works for product claims within the first 10 years of the life cycle of a patent. So what you do is you file a patent application in Germany or for example also as a PCT application or a European patent application but best is a German patent application and you see why in a second uh, with a very broad claim one and as many different features in the claims and description as possible. So try to find as many features uh, of the patented product that you can find. You do not request examination until the latest possible date, seven years after filing, and that's where Germany comes in because you can uh, postpone examination until then. And then you keep the patent application pending as long as you can without being granted or rejected. In Germany, you can derive a utility model from any product claim of a pending German patent application. If you see a competitor to copy your technology in their own products, uh, you make a test purchase of the product and see what exact features of your claims or features in the description are infringed. Then you derive a utility model with the claim one, including all features that you identified that are infringed. And then this claim is um, covers the infringing product, but is very narrow. So it will be very difficult for the potential infringer to invalidate the claim with prior art. What do you think about this strategy? I would like to discuss this with you. Please do send me an email um, with your thoughts to rolf, R-O-L-F, at ipfridays.com, rolf at ipfridays.com. 
I have also made a brief video on YouTube. You can find it uh, on my channel. Just type in Rolf Klaesen, R-O-L-F, then C-L-A-E-S-S, like in Sam, E-N, in YouTube, and you will automatically find me. So Ken, tell us more about the change in Canadian trademark law. Ralph, I am pleased to be joined by Susanna Ralston, a partner with Galling WLG in Toronto, Canada. Susanna has been practicing trademark law for more than 25 years in Canada. She oversees the coordination of worldwide trademark portfolios and filing programs for her clients. Susanna is an active member of the Intellectual Property Institute of Canada, the International Trademark Association, and the European Community Trademark Association. Welcome, Susanna, to IP Fridays. Thank you, Ken. Thanks for having me. Susanna, there have been many updates circulating from Canadian IP firms discussing the new landscape for IP rights in Canada uh, with the coming into force of the new Canadian Trademarks Act. Many have been negative and critical. Uh, when we met in Orlando, Florida during the INTA annual meeting, we discussed some of the upcoming changes. You had a different view to the changes. Uh, what is your view, Susanna? Well, certainly there are many amendments coming to the uh, Canadian Trademarks Act. Uh, these amendments are the most significant changes to the Canadian trademark law in half a century. There have been some negative and critical comments concerning the amendments, and I'm not going to take a stand here either way. But mm -hmm. as the saying goes, it is what it is, and we need to figure out how to best deal with the changes. I'm trying to look for positives and opportunities for clients and brand owners. Mm -hmm. And what is the projected timeline uh, for the new legislation when it comes into force? Well, the implementation uh, by the Canadian Trademarks Office of the new legislation has been pushed back uh, several times. At the moment, SIPO uh, is projecting that the new legislation will come into force April 2018. While the okay. amendments to the Act itself um, are set down, there's still a lot of work to do and a lot of uncertainty. For example, we're currently in consultation on proposed fees, and SIPO yet has to write the new regulations, which will also include the transitional provisions. So some of the information I provide here could still change come the implementation of the Act. But it seems mm -hmm. for the moment we're on track for April 2018. Now, uh, let's talk a little bit about the amendments to the Canadian Trademarks Act. Is there one amendment that our listeners should know about now? Uh, I, absolutely. I think the biggest one everyone's talking about, whether you're saying it's good or bad, um, uh, is the um, elimination of the pre-registration statement of use requirement. Um, okay. Canada, like the U.S., is a use-based registration system, meaning you can't get a red trademark registration until you've used the mark in Canada. But um, come the imp implementation of the amendments, uh, a trademark application will not need to contain any declaration or statement that an applicant is either using or intends to use a trademark in Canada. No longer requiring an applicant to await for implementation of use in Canada for all its goods and services prior to registration is seen by many professionals in Canada as being a positive, as it will likely ease the registration process for some and likely lead to a decrease in overall costs for many brand uh, owners. Mm -hmm. other, other welcome changes um, uh, in Canada um, is that uh, Canada will accede to the Madrid uh, protocol 
and uh, the Nice Agreement. Of course, acceding to the Madrid Protocol will be particularly helpful for foreign entities who are interested in obtaining trademark protection in Canada. So April 2018, that's a number of months uh, off from now. I mean, we're currently in 2016. Uh, Should brand owners change their trademark filing strategies now in Canada? Yes, this is something I've definitely been talking um, up, and particularly at the um, 2016 INSA meeting in Orlando, Florida. Um, Brand owners should uh, definitely be considering changing their uh, trademark filing strategy going forward for several reasons. First of all, um, moving away from a use-based registration system, we're predicting um, that there will be an uptake in conflict proceedings. Therefore, Mm -hmm. it's really important for brand owners uh, to consider reviewing uh, their current Canadian trademark portfolios and establishing uh, their Canadian trademark rights now through filing applications as soon as possible. Okay. Um, Secondly, um, while many brand owners may have been hesitant to file trademark applications in the past in Canada due to the use requirements, this requirement as I've mentioned before, will be eliminated once the new act comes into force. Um, While this change will make a significant impact on how trademark uh, applications are filed come 2018, it's also really important to consider how this will impact a current pending intent-to-use trademark application, for example, one that's filed today. So, for for example, currently pending intent-to-use-based trademark applications the requirement to actually use a trademark on all of the goods and services prior to registration will be uh, eliminated um, come 2018. At present, we still have to file the applications as per the Canadian Trademarks Act. So we still have to say that it's either based on intent to use or use. So while use-based applications file now, before the implementation of the amendments will not be affected by the elimination of use requirements, intent-to-use-based applications will very likely be affected. So, for example, if you were to file an intent-to-use-based trademark application today, the average application is taking 12 to 18 months to reach allowance. Once it's allowed, the applicant then is required to file the declaration of use. So if you look at the, the timing at the 12 to 18 months, many intent-to-use-based applications will be reaching allowance very shortly before the April 2018 date, meaning that you'll have a very short time period that you have to sit in allowance before your application goes straight to registration uh, in April of 2018 without the need to show use. And we Mm -hmm. are anticipating that the, uh, the, the applicants will still have to, however, pay the final registration fee. Yeah, so that's a very important change uh, that uh, listeners need to keep in mind. Um, Let's talk about post-registration. Are there any post-registration use requirements? Well, uh, Canada does not have any uh, additional post-use registration proof of use requirements. Uh, So unlike the U.S., when we renew a mark in Canada, uh, you do not have to show use of the mark. Uh, And again, uh, uh, unlike the U.S., Canada does not have a similar Section 8 and 15 affidavit requirement between the fifth and sixth year. Mm-hmm. Um, so tra- Canadian trademark owners should keep in mind that although 
come the implementation of the amendments in April 2018, they will not have to show use of the mark in order to obtain a registration. They should ensure that they make use of the mark in Canada sometime before the third anniversary of the issuance to avoid uh, non-use expungement proceedings. Okay, that's important also. Um, should, do you recommend that clients, um, how should clients keep track of that, uh, you know, that, that deadline? Or what, what do you do for your clients? Well, we very often at the third, uh, third anniversary date, we'll very often send a letter out to clients uh, suggesting to them that they uh, ensure that the mark has been uh, in use in some time in the three-year mm-hmm. period preceding um, uh, the third anniversary, uh, okay. and that if clients can sometime, somehow maintain the use information in a database is always helpful, uh, so that if they... Um, uh, if a non-use uh, expungement proceeding is commenced, that they readily have information available to file. Excellent. Uh, last point to talk about today, I understand that the registration and renewal terms in Canada will be reduced from 15 years to 10 years. Uh, Susanna, what are the transitional procedures for renewals and what action, if any, should trademark owners take uh, for marks coming due for renewal in Canada? Yes, that's right. Our renewal terms are being reduced from 15 to 10 years, and that will bring us in line with uh, most of the rest of the uh, um, uh, renewal terms uh, around the world. And there certainly have been, I think there have been more questions about renewals from clients than anything else. Um, And particularly brand owners have been talking about whether they should early renew a registration. Um, So at the moment, uh, the... they're, the trademarks office is in the process of writing the transitional provisions, and uh, we've seen several re- reiterations of this. Uh, but at the moment, um, what we do know is that uh, if you try to early renew a trademark registration where the renewal date falls after the coming into effect of the um, new uh, legislation. So if the renewal date is after April 2018, for example, your renewal term will be clawed back to 10 years. So some clients were thinking that if they could early renew, they could still obtain the 15-year system. Um, And at the moment, we're being told that that is not going to be the case. If you early renew and your renewal is after the coming into force of the act, then your trademark renewal term will be reduced to um, 10 years. That certainly is helpful information, Susanna, uh, really informative. Susanna, thanks so much for the great interview here on IP Fridays and for being part of our podcast. Thank you very much, Ken. Thank you. That's it for this episode. If you liked what you heard, please show us your love by visiting ipfridays.com love and tweet a link to this show. We would be so grateful if you would do that. It would help us out to get the word out. Also, please subscribe to our podcast at ipfridays.com or on iTunes or Stitcher.com. If you have a question or want to be featured in one of the upcoming episodes, please send us your feedback at ipfridays.com feedback. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. You can go to ipfridays.com slash iTunes, and it will take you right to the correct page on iTunes. 
If you want to get mentioned on this podcast or even have comments within the next episode, please leave us your voicemail at ipfridays.com slash voicemail. You have been listening to an episode of IP Fridays. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of nor are they endorsed by their respective law firms. None of the content should be considered legal advice. The IP Fridays podcast should not be construed as legal advice or legal opinion on any specific facts or circumstances. The contents of this podcast are intended for general informational purposes only, and you are urged to consult your own lawyer on any specific legal questions. As always, consult a lawyer or patent or trademark attorney. Copyright 2014. All rights reserved.